Section three of Card Trick by John Berryman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It had been dark for some hours by the time I hit the street and waved for a skimcopter. Nick's game start late. You asked me to wait, somebody said. I spun around and saw Lefty standing in the alleyway beside the building. I went for him, charging hard. He scuttled back into the alley out of what little light there was that far downtown. Just as I reached for him, somebody slugged me in the gut. I went down on a knee, gasping. I hadn't seen his sidekick. The alley was pretty dark. I heard Lefty's breath suck in sharply as I came up out of my crouch, diving for him. After all, it was only pain, something inside my head. It wasn't as though I had been really crippled. My fingers clawed at his jacket and would have held him, but the other guy grabbed at my ankle and threw me down on the slippery cobbles again. I came up slower that time. I'd bunged up my kneecap more than I wanted to think about. Lefty was still out of reach. I called him a name that was always good for a fight in Texas and started after him, but slower than before. I wasn't fast enough to avoid the hard thing that rammed against my spine. Even down in Texas, a gun in the back freezes you up. Lefty was all guts now that I was hung up on the gun barrel. It might as well have been a meat hook. I warned you not to use Psy in the game, he snapped. Now you'll have to talk to Pete. One of us isn't going to live through this, I promised him, starting to reach for his throat. The gun jabbed a reminder to watch my manners. Do you come quietly? Lefty asked shrilly. Or do we? The sudden shrillness of his voice scared me more than anything else. He was worked up worse than I was. Quietly, I conceded, trying to get some saliva to flow again. The pressure against my spine eased off. Lefty stepped out of the alley to the curb and flagged down a cruising copter. He made me get in first, which gave me a chance to turn when I sat down and see who had been holding the gun on me from behind. The gunman had sure drifted in one awful hurry. There wasn't a soul except Lefty around. He hopped in after me. The turbine howled as the driver gunned us up on the air cushion and sent us skimming away. The trip lasted only four or five minutes through the thinning traffic of late evening. We pulled up in front of a brownstone house in the upper eighties that reared up four stories among a string of three-story neighbors. I limped to the top of the steps after Lefty. He let us in with a key. We were in a dimly lit hall that had a staircase against its left wall and an open door at its right, leading into a darkened room. A tall, skinny girl was sitting about a third of the way up the carpeted flight of steps. Her face was drawn out to a point by a long, thin nose. Here they are, she called up the stairway, showing braces on her teeth. She stood up and came down the hall. She was clad in a shorty wrapper that showed off her racehorse legs. Billy Joe, she said to Lefty, I told them you were coming. Hi, Fiola, he said. Good for you. He sounded pleased. There were steps above and two others joined us. First came a short square man with gray hair and bushy gray eyebrows. He was wrapped up in a flannel robe that had once been maroon and was now rusty with age and wear. It only served to confirm that he had just been yanked out of bed. He hadn't bothered to put anything on his bare feet or to comb his hair. A pretty wild-looking old man. Behind him stumped a chunky woman, crowding fifty. 
She was in a worse state of dishabille. She hadn't quite made it to bed and was still in her slip. Her stockings had been unhitched from her garters and hung in slack transparency around her fat calves like the sloughed-off skin of a snake. I told you, Fiola said to the gray-haired man. It's nice that you're right once in a while, he said in a scratchy, sleepy voice, walking past her to switch on the ceiling of the room on the right side of the hall. She didn't like that. Lefty stopped her reply. Will it be PC? He asked her. No, she said. You missed that one, Lefty said. Didn't neither. Well, sit in with us and see, he suggested. What for? She asked. I know what's going to happen in there. You'll be along to bed right soon, darling Billy. He looked over at me. Go on in, Tex, he said. Darling Billy, I sneered. Don't pay any attention to her he said. She's in another space-time continuum. I pointedly ogled the girl's pretty legs going up the stairs and whistled softly. My wife, he said, blushing. A powerful PC or one day will be. You're kidding, I said. His arm on my elbow pushed me into the lighted room. End of section three.